Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm your radio, radio show. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello and welcome to the Nyler 9 podcast. It is Niall and Andrea here on episode 114 of the Nyler 9 podcast. Andrea, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. That was very businesslike, wasn't it? I'm, but yes. <laughs> this no, is a, no fluffs, no, no fluffs involved there. <laughs> no, just straight, straight in, no kissing. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm kind of tired today, um, but that's okay. Everyone, you're holding tired. a cup of coffee or tea. Is coffee? If it's, it's holding you together. You know what it is? It's my second coffee of the day, and I'm not allowed to have two coffees in a day because oh, I go I've already mental. had two coffees today. That's my limit. Yeah. That's my limit. Yeah, I'm two actually only bad. recently back on the coffee. I stopped drinking coffee during the summer because I wasn't sleeping properly with all the light, and um, I've been getting back into having just one in the morning, and it's my little treat for me. But today I'm having two, so it's it's decadent in my house today. Yeah. It's a two. It's a two morning coffee for sure. After mm-hmm. last night, uh, it was a big, stormy hurricane winds last yeah, night. Yeah, I didn't know that Couldn't was sleep happening for ages. Oh, did you know? <laughs> no, oh no, sorry. I, I knew it was happening when it happened, but I didn't know that it was due to happen. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I, I love all that. Yeah, it was the first time I heard um, the house creak a bit um, mm. in in a way that I just hadn't heard before. So I was like, Ooh. okay, Spooky. but. Uh, yeah, it's it's all clear and bright now, and we're all clear and bright. So what are we going to talk about? Um, our album of the week this week is from The Vision. That is uh, Ben Westbeach and Con and a load of guests. It's basically a modern disco record. Maybe we will be talk, talking a bit about how 2020 is a bit of a year of disco in a way. Um, and we'll be talking about live tracks or new songs from Sorka Richardson, Billie Eilish, Miley Cyrus featuring a surprise sample uh, sanctioned guest and Big Pig. And um, first, a couple of things been happening. Um, it's 
November now, we're starting to think, I only just realised, it was only when the Choice Music Prize announced that it's it's dates and uh, for next year, I was like, oh, it's the middle of November. Yeah. <laughs> we're very close to this um, this event now. It's, uh, well, the shortlist for Irish Album of the Year from the Choice is going to be announced um, on Wednesday, the 6th of January. There's no news yet whether it's going to be a live event necessarily. Probably won't be. It'll be broadcast on RTE anyway in March. Um, but you know it does it did get me thinking about the idea of albums that we've uh, had released this year the Irish albums that would be I very can't good. remember been... a single album that I've listened to this year <laughs> well no, luckily not there's one album <laughs> luckily there's a big 2020 album list on the Choice Music Prize um, that you can go through and, and remind yourself of uh, all of the uh, albums so I'm starting to think about best of 2020 although it's an, a year that we don't really want to remember there has been good music and for me good music is the is one of the main things that's been keeping me going uh, since March like like literally the choice music prize was the last live event that myself went to and probably yourself as well it was my last um night out yeah yeah so collectively and what a night out. out oh my god <laughs> yeah it's hard to believe that that was this year like well, because I, I, I was thinking recently about 2020 and I'm like, what have I actually done this year? And then I was like, I was a judge of the choice. And I was like, God, that was that was this year. That was right before, you know, it was yeah, March. a week before, a week before. Absolute March. madness that we were able to kind of just slip that in there before before lockdown happened. But I'm so grateful yeah. that we did. I wouldn't have liked I wouldn't have enjoyed doing it as much as if and it's it, funny. If it was a socially distance event like. I don't remember many people talking about the choice or, or talking about COVID at the time, but I, was, I had <laughs> I had a chat with Jim Carroll this week for an upcoming kind of uh, radio documentary thing that I'm working on. And he said um, he remembers um, looking at the bar and having talked to a few people. Obviously he works in RT at the moment and works a lot in science. So he maybe was uh, COVID was more in his mind at the time than most people. And he decided not to go in. <laughs> he was like, yeah. no, just in case. <laughs> yeah, and that was a week before we had a full lockdown and it really became apparent that we weren't going to be doing that kind of thing for quite a while. Well, um, I remember so for me, look- it was at, um, I went to see the 1975 and the, I, I was there with Dave Hanratty and he had gotten a push notification on his phone. We were sitting up in, in, in the seats at the top of the three arena. He had gotten a push notification on his phone about like, more cases maybe it was like the second case or I don't think it was the second death I think I think it was the second case being confirmed and the two of us just sort of like looked at each other and looked around at however many thousand people were in the three arena and we we were about like this might be the last time we get to do this for a while um and then even just going into the bathrooms in the three arena that night, like there was people being like, wash your hands or wash your hands properly. And it, it wow, started to yeah. feel a bit real at the 1975 gig. I don't remember if that was before or after the choice, though, um, because time is uh, fuzzy and wibbly. Sure. I mean, I, I've had that exact conversation with many, many people even this week about uh, time. And uh, I think um, the longer it goes on, the more you're, you're not sure where we're at but look we have christmas to look forward to now so that's where, where we're at um, <laughs> oh God, <don't>. listen <laughs> i'm it's fine it's yeah. fine don't it's don't shit on anyone who's looking forward to christmas no, don't, don't get it. no. i like um, yeah I'm, christmas. A, I'm a christmas fan i love christmas i've ordered actually, but... i've ordered my christmas beer um from Iceland. have you <laughs> have you had a Christmassy feeling yet niall because 
the the advertisers are throwing it at me and I just haven't felt that little flutter. Yeah. That I well, feel. my house is actually in one of the ads um, this year, the Woody's ad. So uh, that was happening here a few weeks ago with fake snow and stuff like that. So not quite, but I am thinking about the future. I tell you what I'm going to miss this year, though, is Dingle and other voices. It, they did announce that they're doing their live stream from Dingle. I wonder if I just drank it down. Just I do a podcast. I swore to you. Like, we both go down and and you know yeah. get the exemption letter and just you know do something. Well, I I remember completely. Like I think it might have been at the Nile and I Christmas party last year, which was a banger. Um, swearing to you that I will go to Dingle next year. Uh, I like I promised I would go to Dingle next year. We'd go together. Listen, it's not too late. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could still happen. Anyway, um. Other things that have yeah. happened in the last week. Um, first of all, I'd just like to briefly apologize for the sound quality on my end uh, for last week. Um, thankfully, I do have new equipment. Um, thanks to the Patreon members, uh, I have a, a new Scarlett uh, USB device, audio uh, device. So thank you for that. Last week it failed on me and I was relying on um, backup Zoom recordings and a phone, which was... Uh, made it it wasn't lost on me the irony that uh, it was a good reaction to the podcast that we did last week which was about um we picked a load of uh 12 hours 11 12 hours songs that were sent to us and kind of just reviewed them and it was really enjoyable to do but <laughs> listen back to it, it the irony wasn't lost on me that the fact that we were talking about quality production and stuff like that and the podcast sounded absolutely terrible on my end you sounded brilliant but mine, mine was like, I was like, I was so I embarrassed about it. I was about like, oh, that. this sounds oh, so no. bad. It was also very hard to edit because I edited everything here as well. So I was like, oh, Jesus. But thanks to Patreon members. That's patreon.com forward slash 909. If you want to support us, if you like what we do, like the podcast, like the website, all that kind of stuff. Um, so now both myself and Andrea are rocking a Focusrite Scarlett 212 and a SM58 microphone. Um, so yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're back to being professional. And if that company are willing to sponsor us, we could every week, mention that every, every week. week on the podcast if they like. Yeah. Um, so week. what else has been going on? Um, quick one on the Nord Nourish Music Prize for Irish uh, for Album of the Year. Um, Kit Philippa won that uh, last week. Um, there was um, the best album was uh, announced maybe during the week. It was last week, actually. I don't think we mentioned it. Or maybe it was Thursday night. It was Thursday night, yeah. Um, Arborist, Arbor Party, Careerist, Kieran Labry, Joel Harkin, Junk Drawer, Melogen, R. Krypton Son, Phil Kieran, The Darkling Air, The Lost Brothers, and Kate Philippa was the ultimate winner of that from Best Album of Best uh, Northern Irish uh, Album of the Northern Irish Music Prize. So, congrats to Kit for that. Um, and there's also a very big, um, I think this is really interesting for me, um, the idea obviously we've heard about the taylor swift um and scooter braun masters thing there was some news on that list in the last uh, week um scooter braun who had basically bought the rights to her master recordings and uh for her first six albums i believe um and she had announced that she was going to re-record them <coughs> quick primer for anyone um in terms of publishing why this matters basically she owns Taylor Swift owns the publishing of the first six songs, six albums of uh, and songs on that out those albums. But the actual recordings were sold, uh, were bought by uh, Scooter Braun. So it became this kind of back and forth tussle 
um, very public, which is kind of strange. Uh, last week, uh, Scooter Braun sold the master rights to Taylor Swift's six albums to another company called um, um, Ithaca. Um, so it's 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 very strange. It was believed to be worth uh, north of three hundred million. Um, so it could be as high as four hundred fifty million. Um, it's a strange thing because um, it is a very unusual circumstance that somebody's uh, intellectual property is kind of bought and sold like that. Well, literally, the recordings are bought and sold. Uh, Swift says she's already um, started re-recording her, muses, her music and uh, she did try and negotiate with Braun to um, buy back her masters. Um, well, she told she she was told she was have to sign an NDA prohibiting her from talking about Braun in a less than positive way. So, um, and she said, my legal team said this is absolutely not normal, and they've never seen an NDA like this. And uh, so it was to silence an accuser by paying them off. He would never even quote my team a price. So that's where we're at now. It's very strange. Um, that strange for Taylor Swift to be doing something so publicly, especially about something that's so private, and she is very kind of protective over her music and the fact that she's written the music and she owns the melodies and songs and lyrics but um yeah I mean I hope I hope she re-records them and they sound the exact same and she just release me releases them because if he if he's willing to get get in and around loopholes and stuff I don't see why she shouldn't be able to it's literally the only way that she can kind of negate the value of those recordings um by flooding mm. the market with uh, new versions of it um sorry the private equity company that actually bought the masters were called Shamrock Holdings um ah, lads. Yeah, very strange story um and uh, yeah I mean I, from, from my perspective i think you know it's a hard thing in these day and age but art should own their masters um if that's not an option to her i think taylor does have the option of maybe re-recording them but then it gets into a whole copyright um thing about who would she be infringing on the copyright of the masters that she does not own i don't know that gets into a mind-boggling kind of a legal thing um but Look, I, I found it very interesting just to be seeing that very publicly um, at the moment. Um, it's a, a very unusual thing. Um, and back home, um, there was another gender disparity report um, that um, had more data that suggested that we have a long, long way to go. You may remember the first gender disparity report from Linda Coogan-Byrne and um, others who uh, talked about how most Irish radio stations were were playing about five to ten percent um female artists in in their top twenty, uh, very very low. Only RT Radio One had like a equal split, but in its airplay featuring female artists. So the follow up this week was basically looking at the charts, the official Irish singles and album charts, and uh, found out that not one Irish female act has had a top ten hit in Ireland in the last two years. And not one female Irish artist has had a number one album in the last two years. And it just shows the stacking of um, and the weight and the the way that the curve uh, of music leans towards men. Only 5.8 of Irish entries in the official top 100 charts were women or female identifying, which amounts to four artists. So there's a, you may remember over the summer, Irish Women in Harmony was, was a big viral hit. Um, in the end... Um, after much radio play and uh, which arrived just the week after the first report it didn't actually stay in the 
Yeah, same week. It didn't actually stay. It peaked at number 15 in the charts, so it didn't make the top 10. Still had 3 million Spotify streams, but then it's just a support that's constantly given to, and this is no disrespect to the artists, uh, Dermot Kennedy, Picture This, Niall Horn, Westlife, Hosier. Dermot Kennedy has 11 songs in the in the top 100 charts. Picture This had 10, Niall Horn had 5. Like Westlife alone had, had matched the total number of Irish uh, women artists in the top 100 charts in the last two years with four songs. Um, I guess there's been a number of people asking what they can do about it. I don't know what they can do about it, but it's really about sh- shaming the kind of head of music stations and people who are involved in Irish radio. They are p- probably happy with the status quo because, you know, uh, anyone who's a, a head of music uh, doesn't want to um, upset the apple cart and uh, draw attention to their job too much. And that's why you're not hearing much from those people. Um, but you any thoughts on this, Andrea? Yeah, I, I wrote a piece about this when the when the gender disparity, when the first one came out, the first report came out. And you wouldn't believe how difficult it is to get get a hold of um heads of music uh, uh, radio stations and even how difficult it was to get uh, radio DJs to speak on the record uh, about this because there is a sense of fear that if you speak out against your radio station that you know your your job is in jeopardy um, and I think like the, the pressure has been applied this year but this really like I mean when, when you look at the work that Linda Coogan Byrne has, has done this year just constantly drawing attention to this disparity I think this is only the beginning um she uh launched the why not her platform for women as well that I that I joined up which is a kind of a forum and a place for uh women and women identifying people in Ireland to just meet and talk and get to know each other and kind of see that there are other women here um which has been a a, it's a really really positive place it's still finding its feet um but it's it's a really really positive thing but look the only thing that we can do like the, the the charts are a direct have a direct correlation with radio airplay we know that in ireland um if you look at spot like spotify charts in ireland they're very very different to what the actual charts are in ireland people stream music differently to how they purchase it and buy it and it it comes back to that thing of if you can't see you can't be there's there's not going to be more irish female artists in the mainstream if we can't see that they are welcome in the mainstream. Um, we've got, like, we know we have tons and tons of to- and tons of brilliant female artists here in Ireland, um, who are doing work that is surpassing, like, most if not all of the men that are getting uh, Irish radio airplay. And I understand that a lot of them aren't exactly in radio friendly genres, but a lot of them are. Um, and I don't understand why people like. Ole, people like Amy, people like Denise Chyla, Sorka Richardson, even who we're going to talk about later. These are very radio friendly artists and I don't understand why they're not being given the time of day on daytime radio. Um, Now, I will say there's obviously there's a lot of radio DJs who are championing Irish women all the time. um, But unfortunately, they're not in the slots that immediately and directly affect the charts so change needs to come from top down keep applying the pressure and um just keep supporting irish uh, women artists because they're really good at what they do 
it's a very conservative market out there in terms of Irish radio, and that's why we're we're having this problem. Um, but also the fear and um, you know, speaking out is there for anyone who's involved in it. And um, certainly, you know, you know, to make it plain, because you know, I've been asked this question a number of times, and like it's maybe not clear to a lot of people who aren't paying attention to this kind of stuff. It's not the DJs themselves that pick those tracks; it's the head of music. Just to be very clear on that, so like you, if you're in the daytime, if you're playing music in the daytime on a radio station, you generally don't have, um, uh, the option to pick the music that you like. At best, you'll um, get one or two songs p- an hour. Yeah, and even then, it's it, traditionally it's, it's it from be, a playlist. It's a fight. Yeah. It's a fight to pick a song, or it has to be a special feature, or you know, it's like a, a cover of a well-known song because nobody wants to upset the apple cart and play a song. God forbid you might have never heard before. Um, but uh, that's where we're at, and that's why Irish radio is lacking overall in terms of new music, and in terms of um, that's why it's so weighted towards very established, safe acts, and uh, that's. And we, we also don't have a have diversity in radio stations. I mean, I've mentioned on the podcast before that my housemate listens to the radio all day and she'll she'll switch between um like Today FM. She mostly listens to Today FM and then kind of switches around a couple of other stations. But like a, a, aside from the personalities of the um radio DJs, you wouldn't be able to tell one station from another in terms of the music that they're playing unless you were to switch over to kind of more niche stations. Like, I mean, it's weird calling Radio Nova a niche station, but I mean, they they, they do tend to play like older, a, a different kind of music. And that's the only real diversity that we have on our like easily accessible FM radio stations. Although I don't think it's done on FM anymore. I think it's all digital now, which is kind of sad. I was going to say generally that um, I've, 2FM seems to be moving in the right direction in terms of the kind of music it's playing, but we still need more overall. Um, so uh, more of that, please. I mean, it, it even like this morning, I listened to a radio show from a guy called Benji B, who's on Wednesday nights from 12 to 2 on BBC Radio 1. Um, it's a great mix of like hip hop and soul and disco and house and all that kind of stuff. And um, I just happened to be, I listened to some of it last night and I happened to, to turn back on the page because I was into a live and Clara Ampho who's on and it just... There was just some great pop music on there. There was great, lovely, like d- mainstream music on in that t- in the daytime, and I was like, "Yeah, a bit more of that would be good everywhere," you know, a bit more reflective of what people are actually listening to. Anyway, from that to uh to posit- bit of positivity, it is time for reasons to be cheerful, and I think we have a f- rather big one this week. Is it my my one? Maybe a reason to be very hopeful. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. I mean, you know, it's coming. Dolly Parton is curing COVID-19 um, and single-handedly saving 2020. <laughs> In the same way that CMAT is saving Christmas this year, Dolly Parton is saving saving lives. Um, so this is from the enemy. Uh, Dolly Parton has said that she is a very proud girl after learning that her $1 million uh, donation funded the research that aided the development of a major vaccine for COVID-19. Um, it is she donated the money to aid research by the Vanderbilt University Medical Center um, and she's done so since the beginning of the uh, pandemic. This is the vaccine that has the 95% protection against the disease and I think it is also the one where I think the Pfizer one needs to be uh, kept at like really super low temperatures but this one doesn't. So you know 
it's looking good. Um, I think I'm not too excited because I've lost the ability to feel anything but despair. But it's it's something. Um, and Dolly Parton's involved, and I I trust Dolly with my life. So, and now I'm quite literally trusting Dolly with my life. So it's brilliant news. Like a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Uh, just I know one of the many money, positive things that Dolly does. She's just like she's probably the best woman alive maybe like she's like I mean, everyone she's loves Dolly Parton do you know what I mean like it's there's there's no one in the world that doesn't love Dolly Parton she's such a kind gentle soul and um yeah she's 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 coming to save 2020 and I for one I'm here for it and just and just last week um there's an Irish connection with Dolly um she uh, her imagination library project which um collects uh, books for children um bringing apparently 3000 books to Cork alone for uh so so that can be shared across communities in Cork so um living look, legend what a, a a force for good in in every way musically personality wise and uh saving the world in general so that's really nice um another my reason to be cheerful this week is a uh, a live show which i watched uh, over the weekend which was Roisin Murphy's uh, live show um just i mean it, it everything it's a bit sad in a way still like because we're in this mode where live stream shows the only thing we can do but um i thought that was a fantastic version of um take on what you can do with a live show obviously roshan murphy herself bit of a um groundbreaker bit of a an artist who knows how to you know spread positivity like dolly and um just had a great hour-long show um that was kind of in this big warehouse with her wandering around and then coming and playing with a band and then the cool visuals um and it just gave me a lot of uh positivity it was a, i really enjoyed it. it it definitely leading up to the album we're about to talk to uh, about to talk about uh gave me a lot of uh, feelings about you know um missing clubs and stuff like that as well but i thought it was great she um there was a lot she had thought really about you know the space and what she was going to do really finished with uh, really well with this um kind of her and the band kind of wandering around playing uh, a couple of songs acoustically um and then you know the doors closing on them and all this kind of stuff it was really just lovely simple dramatics and um obviously Roshi Murphy great costumes as well um so uh, great costuming so I really enjoyed that did you read um did you read Louise Bruton's interview with her for uh Tatler magazine? Oh, no, I haven't read it yet. Really, really, really good interview. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It was on the cover of the newly launched uh Tatler, uh, which was out I think the week before the Sunday before last. So highly recommend seeking that out and giving it a read. It's brilliant. Cool, cool. Okay, I will have a look at that. Very good. Okay, it is time for our album of the week this week. It is from a band called The Vision. I'm going to play a song from it um, called Heaven. This is one of uh, this is the song that got me into this uh, act in the first place, uh, featuring Andrea Triana, and this is The Vision.
Division. They are um, Ben Westbeach and Con, both uh, producers based in England and London, um, who would have been known for this kind of um, disco, kind of housey music in the past. They come together and uh, created The uh, Vision, which features a lot of collaborators. There's um, probably 14 songs on this, few interludes, uh, but mostly it's got Andrea Triana, who first came to probably prominence with uh, uh, doing vocals with uh, Flying Lotus and then there's artists like Honey Dijon and the Vi- Vibraphonist? No, Vi- Vibraphone player? I don't know how you said it. Uh, Roy Ayers. Vibraphonist I like. I don't know it's, if it's right. but Doesn't I like sound it. right. Doesn't Vibraphon- sound right. Vibraphonist. Yeah, it, yep. sounds, it sounds like you're concocting potions or doing something special. Uh, James Brown, <laughs> who's also a fine singer, not James Brown, but James Brown, who was featured on uh, maybe anyone who likes being in the club would know a Sophie Lloyd song called Calling Out, um, um, which James Brown, Dames uh, Brown sings on. Um, so, yeah, so this is uh, basically... came out on defective records last friday it's um it's kind of we're in that weird um not dead zone necessarily but a a kind of a buffer between end of year and uh you know the big when all the big releases have come out so this came out last week it's very much a mix of i I kind of think of this as a love letter to disco on the dance floor it's kind of it's got some very classic uh, sounds to it informed by soul disco house and funk like the first track there talks about you know uh, watching soul train on a saturday afternoon uh, i'm a bit too young to be doing that but um, you know it has that kind of vibe where it's like it's definitely referencing classic disco classic music uh classic american music um this came together um probably over the it said over the last five years they've been making this um and you know, Con and West Ben West Beach would be DJs who would be playing a lot in different places. Um, and I think the idea of this was to kind of a love letter to the kind of influences that they would have had. They there's an influences playlist available on their Spotify actually, and uh, you can definitely get a sense of the kind of music that they're interested in and they're trying to um draw from. The kind of like Royers is on this. There's um, the kind of things like Rufus and Shaka Khan, um, bit of chic, and uh, the Commodores, um, 
all sorts of stuff really but really like classic disco is all in here i've been really enjoying this this week i was already on board really with this because of that song um home i've played it a number of times even last year at lumo when that was being able to do that was a thing um Andrea, what did you think of the vision? Um, yeah, I will say huge Luma vibes just kind of from start to finish uh, on this. But um, yeah, look, this isn't I don't usually listen to a lot of disco music. Um, so I'll say that up front. But I found this a very, very, very enjoyable um, listen through. It was a bit of a lift. It was a bit of a kind of had had me thinking about dance floors, but not not as much in a sad way. I think part of that is the it's the kind of love and respect that you can hear for soul music and disco music and like you said it is a love letter to their influences and there's a a lot of love here for for those influences um it was just it's it's peppy it's like it doesn't go on for too long which is maybe a bit of a like it's a thing that I have (laughs) about um this style of music sometimes I feel like it can just be a little bit monotonous and repetitive when it's not in the club because you know there's only so much energy that you can kind of keep up with um with this style of music when you're just sort of sitting at home reviewing it um but I found it really really fun and I do like uh albums that kind of send you on a bit of a treasure hunt for samples and little snippets of things that you're like oh I recognize that voice or I recognize that melody I'm gonna go and search and and see what that is um I get a lot out of hip-hop in that way and I think that this had that same sort of like sprinkling of of influences that made me want to go and dig deep into into stuff that is inspiring them like it's it's less of an album about like the artists who are working around this music and more of an album about those influences and though that kind of crate digging mentality where you're where you're trying to see what what works well with different sounds and different tones as well as maybe showing off a little bit that you know something obscure um and yeah I like that I really enjoyed it yeah, I would say there's a lot of here that is very much mm. on the surface of disco in terms of like uh, very obvious influences. There's kind of the kind of things that you hear here is like the likes of loose joints and stuff like that. It's very much like it's not too niche. Like, yeah. um, oh, you don't know this. Uh, it's very celebratory and it's and, and for that, I think that's why it really works so well. Yeah, there's a f- like, I think there's some great songs on this. I love Down, um, Missing, Mountains. Um, heaven uh there's a few few not necessarily duds but just kind of like grand songs on it um that and that's mostly down to maybe some cliche lyrics from ben westbeach who who sings on a lot of these songs um and then but then you know for every one of those actually for every one of those there's like three or four really good ones so like the likes of satisfy with honey dijon i really like that a lot um it's just a fun, fun. I like how the album closes uh, with home. It's just a bit more of a somber. Sort yeah, of thing. just a lovely album. And I really enjoyed it this week. And I have to say, you know what you're talking there about, you know, repetitive. Um, I mean, it's definitely made for, there's remixes of these songs that go much longer and definitely are made more for the club as well. Like the likes of, like very much marquee names in, in disco and dance music at the moment, like Danny Crivet and like long time, um, maker of that kind of stuff uh moose tea and nightmares on wax stuff like that there's remixes of these songs available i think there will be probably a lot more of these in the future 
But in many ways, it's been funny because um, I'm thinking about the number of albums that have really um, resonated with me this year. And there's been a lot of disco-inflected records. Uh, obviously, the Dua Lipa record is a big uh, disco pop record this year. Last week, there was a, I haven't actually heard it yet. I've only heard a couple of songs from it, but Kylie Minogue had a, a disco album, an album called Disco, um, which I heard was mm. like... I think so- Sophie Alice Baxter released. Yeah, she had um, a, song, a song from her kitchen. Disco songs from yeah. her kitchen as well. Um, so and then... Legend. Bit more disco, in less disco inspired, but more like definitely has some of that flavor. The two albums that were released this year from Salt, S-A-U-L-T. Uh, they're more uh, politic- politically minded and politically politically active, socially active um, music. But the second album, Untitled Rise from Salt, which came out in September, is has a lot of kind of disco flavor on it. So it's interesting that, you know, in a year where we can't really do anything and we can't really go to the club, that there is has been a number of very good um, modern disco um, uh, songs and records uh, that came out. And uh, I know like disco is an escapist genre, and um, I think it's interesting. I think that's maybe why, personally, look, I would always vibe with this kind of stuff because I this kind of stuff I like playing when I'm DJing. Um, but uh, it's been, it is escapist, and especially in the in the year we've had, it's nice to have this kind of stuff. Like you say, it's a it's a lift of a mood. It's it's something that just gives you something else, and 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 rather than just be tinged with sadness that you can't go and dance, it just makes you it gives you for me anyway. It gives me that kind of oh, this is something that I will have again and this is something that I can join now. And I can like, I can sit here and listen to that and just have my mood lifted even if I'm sitting at home and not being able to go anywhere. So I think that's all I can ask for. Those those albums that you mentioned and the fact that 2020 has been a year for disco, which I don't think anybody would have thought um, at the beginning of the pandemic, has kind of highlighted for me that, you know, this music isn't only for the club. Um, it's... It, it it has escapist properties that uh, doesn't have to kind of vibe along with like being in a club and drinking and being with your friends. It can still be a solitary act to listen to disco music and escape in that way, um, which I kind of just hadn't really thought about that much before or hadn't experienced as much before. Yeah, and I think even that for me, the idea that... Uh, you know these songs conjure up the atmosphere of being at a festival late night and all that kind of stuff like i said even though it could be sad it it does give me a lot of uh joy and it gives me a lot of okay we can do this you know Mm. kind of energy and for that reason alone i'm happy to have this stuff in my life for sure yeah cool okay that is the album uh the vision by the vision um let's play a bit of a song called satisfy featuring honey dijon and ben west beach on vocals honey, the heels ready to go you staying home you staying and go home again with that crusty lazy ass man of yours no girl we're going out honey if i have to my plane train moped automobile bus skateboard I'm rolling skates to your house. We're going out tonight, girl. Mama, let's hit the damn
So that was the album of the week from The Vision, Ben West Beach and Con. Do check that out. It is available now everywhere. A nice vinyl record version of it as well. If you're looking forward to um, looking for something to play. Um, so that uh, is time now for our songs of the week. Uh, Andrea, our first song of the week is from Sorka Richardson. Uh, a new song for part is called The Starlight Lounge. Uh, Sorka Richardson, new song called The Starlight Lounge, um, co-produced with James Vincent McMorrow. First track since Sorka released First first Prize Bravery from last year. Uh, Certainly for me, very much uh, of a similar tone, uh, lyrically and sound-wise. Maybe a little bit more synth-poppy. Um, than before and uh, but definitely I'm just looking there where is the Starlight Lounge that's what I wanted to know I think the Starlight Lounge is within all of us <laughs> so uh, you picked this one this week right? I did yeah I really like this Um, I'm a big fan of Sorka Richardson anyway I loved loved First Prize Bravery Um, and I also loved uh, her feature on Out the Gaff with Denise Tyler, Murley and God knows and I think that was James Vincent McMorrow as well produced that maybe um so continuing on in in, in that in that vein but um yeah I, I I think this is a really really lovely track I think it's it's a bit more upbeat and poppy than what we heard on um First Prize Bravery uh, she said about the track, sometimes life's biggest challenges occur through a series of very small and intimate moments. This is a song about joining the dots between them, surrendering to the knowledge that something pivotal is happening and taking a leap of faith when you're still not sure which way the story is going to go. Um, so, yeah, I think in in terms of lyrics, in terms of tone, it's it's kind of still very much within her wheelhouse. Very much that kind of idea of uh, growing up and making sense of things. Um, but, you know, it's it's got that 80s synth inspired sound that I just vibe with a lot Um, has a lovely melody and a punchy chorus and I just feel like Sorka Richardson can kind of do no wrong for me yeah a lovely stopgap for whatever comes next I felt Um, Mm. and yeah a nice follow on from that uh, out the gaff 
song as well. So uh, mm. I really enjoyed that. I look forward to hearing more from Sorka Richardson for sure. Yeah, always. Um, previous guest on the show, of course. Um, yeah, or, that, that was that this was, year, Niall. That, I know. Yeah, that was. I remember texting you recently. I think I was listening to her album, and I was like, "When did we do that? Was that was that last year sometime?" And I was like, "No, it was this January." Yeah, Feels like mad. a million years ago. Remember recording Madness. podcast in the office? Wow. Oh. R.I.P. <laughs> Okay, our next song is from Billie Eilish, a new track from her. It is called Therefore I Am. Stop. What the hell are you talking about? Get my pretty name out of your mouth. We are not the same with or without. Don't talk about me like how you might know how I feel. With the world, but your world isn't real. <laughs> it wasn't ideal, so go have fun. I really couldn't care less, and you can give it my best, but just know I'm not your friend or anything. Damn, you think that you're the man? I think therefore I am. I'm not your friend or anything. Damn, you think that you're the As Billy Eilish, new song called Therefore I Am, Andrea, um, this is your choice this week. Yes, I really like this. Um, Descartes famously said, keep your pretty name out of my mouth uh, back in yes 1637 <laughs> so you know very much following on from that is uh Billy yeah Irish. it's a real conversation throughout time and history yeah yeah you know this this philosophical idea of um stop pretending to be my mate we're not friends um you know uh, billy like she's just so good <laughs> uh, and i think this is this is quite playful um, when compared to, I suppose the last few tracks were the James Bond track, and then the one I can't remember the name of the quite somber uh, opening, which we did a, a cover of last week. Yeah, name, my, but... my future. My future. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of Billie Eilish, very much tongue firmly in cheek, giggling her way through some of the verses. Uh, kind of conversational she sounds as confident as she should be you know and there is a sense of bravado and it's it's kind of it made me think a bit about those kinds of pop songs where it's like you know stop trying to be my friend keep your name out of my mouth all that kind of stuff I think now I don't know if I'm right in saying this but I think a lot a lot of times in the kind of past pop music when women are singing those kinds of songs it was kind of about other women but this is very much about kind of the men who are trying to ride on the coattails of Billy, um, which I imagine there are a few and not saying to other women, don't don't be making music like me and stuff, but very much just like kind of keep keeping it within the 
the feminist discourse, uh, which I really enjoy. She's an incredible, incredible, incredible artist. She's still to put a foot wrong um, for me. I think she's amazing. And this kind of confidence, this kind of bravado that she's bringing on this track, I think uh, really, really suits her. And it's amazing the diversity of sound that she's able to get uh, from one track to another. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of almost not in in, in not in a negative way at all, but like a base level for what Billie Eilish can do. Uh, like, is she can do this very easily in a way, and mm. it kind of does feel like a, a again maybe follow on what we're saying with Sarkaris and the stopgap for whatever comes next. I'd certainly prefer mm. this to the kind of slow ballad stuff that she was doing for the Bond thing, but that's Bond. Sure, that's what it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> you're right. I was thinking about what's the, uh, like pretty much the entire, half of Drake's career when he's not given out about uh, his his ex, he's given out about uh, some guy like uh, yeah. cruel, cruel Love, which The weekend sings on, for example, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you're not, you know, my mate. Um, <clears throat> so there's yeah. a bit of that there for sure. And uh, and uh, as ever, a bit of swagger in the vocal delivery and, uh, you know, um, a very unique artist in many ways. Um, mm. and, Is this uh, still with the brother? He's I think so. Have you listened yeah. to any He's his great. stuff at all? His I solo have. stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's all right. It's all right. It's not, not really vibe. It's not. Um, it needs Billy, I think. Yeah, it, it needs that kind of dy- dynamic uh, um, vocal that she has. That um, where yeah. I find his vocal quite uh, middle of the road, almost. Yeah, um, I I so. think they they have something really special when they work together because he is he's a phenomenal producer. Like I think when uh, when we all fall asleep, where did we go? That was the name of the album, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that wouldn't have had the same impact if he hadn't produced it if it didn't have that kind of signature sound that the two of them have when they're together but then at the same time if they were his songs and he released them in his voice it wouldn't have had the same impact either so they've they really really strike an amazing balance when they work together sibling alchemy there we go yeah that's billy Eilish with therefore i am up next is a song from miley cyrus with a, a kind of a well-known uh I wouldn't say sample, but it is a sample, I guess, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. called Edge of Midnight. Forever and ever, no more. The midnight sky is the road I'm taking.
Yeah, that is Miley Cyrus featuring a uh, sanctioned sample, basically a mashup of Stevie Nicks' uh, track, 1981 track, Age of 17, and Miley's previous song, Midnight Sky. I like when this kind of stuff happens. Obviously, Age of 17 is an absolute whopping banger, and uh, uh, Miley says she had the idea for this and had an alternative melody to sing over. She's been doing a lot of covers recently anyway, um, mm. So I think this is just kind of a, a logical next step. She asked um, Stevie, um, could she uh, use the song? And Stevie said, you can borrow from me anytime, which is kind of nice. Aww. I do like this uh, in terms of how it works. It's, uh, you know, it's it's weaving those two songs together uh, quite uh, lusciously. Um, mm. I think it's very effective. And uh, it's been a while since I really like heard anything from Miley Cyrus that I really liked, but uh, I really like this. I'm really into this era of Miley. I think I I I never really fully got it um with her, but I'm really liking what she's doing this time around. I think her her vocals have really 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 come a long way. Um she was always a good singer, but it, her voice used to kind of grate me a bit. Um and I think that this style of music really suits her. I like how when you're listening to the song, you you can get a bit confused as to which yeah. one of them is singing at, at, <laughs> at, any, at any one point because she is that's, she's basically doing her sign. Stevie Nicks impression, um, and it works really well. Like I I think um, Midnight Sky is a fantastic track, and I mean the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, it's fantastic because it's Edge of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks, but. Um, it's nice to see that she's kind of recognized it and, and released it. And also like Stevie Nicks, I, I like the idea that she is having a kind of a resurgence with young people now because like she's friends with Harry Styles. There's this mashup with uh, Miley Cyrus. Like, I, I mean, do the young people listen to Miley Cyrus? I'd say they do. They might <laughs> I don't do. Know. You'd, I, I, you'd have to I ask a young person. Why are you asking I'd, me? <laughs> I don't know. You've got nieces and nephews and things, don't you? Uh, I don't no, I don't think she'd be listening. Um, my my niece would be listening to uh, my Miley Cyrus now. Um, but yeah, I just like like the idea that um, that some young person might get into Stevie Nicks as a concept, um, or maybe realize that like, oh, that's not a Destiny's Child song. Mm, yeah exactly the layers um i've actually been listening to a stevie nicks live album that came out uh, not too long ago uh, Mm. it's on spotify it came up on my release radar and i was playing a number of songs from this boy uh, stand back uh it came up on my release radar i was like yeah that's good it's very good yeah it's it's called the live in concert 24 carat gold tour a really well recorded uh, live album from uh, the last couple of years on Edge of Seventeen, of course. Started. It's uh, it go it goes long. Edge of Seventeen yeah. is like uh, nine nine and a half minutes on it, as and, it uh, should be. Yeah, at yeah, least nine and a half minutes. I think once you start playing that song, you should never stop. Um, it's really hard to stop a, that song. Really, <laughs> just a force it's just of nature. Such a brilliant, brilliant song. Like it's just you know the best evidence of witchcraft that I can certainly think of is um is the feeling that you get when you listen to that song it's unbelievable and yeah I think my Miley deals with it brilliantly here like she's just you know it's that hard on sleeve influence thing um where you get one icon one kind of modern icon saying you know hey this 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 chick though this Stevie Nicks chick you really gotta listen to her uh because she is she's it but yeah, no, re- really great. I really enjoyed listening to this. When when this came up on the playlist, you know, I was listening through. I'm like, yeah, banger. 
Great. Okay, our final track of the week is from Big Pig. It is a song called Feels Right. And do you promise me that you'll honor me? Don't give up. to turn off as <laughs> big pig song is called feels right um uh, i just love how this goes from this like lovely acoustic song into this big slinky banger um this mm. is my like we played big pig a, n- a number of times uh, uh this year i think because uh, he had a number of very good singles and switch was my previous favorite of hers i think this might be my favorite so the context for me last night was i heard this um after watching a very disappointing, uh, uh, yet another crushing, uh, soul crushing disappointment of an Irish match uh, playing Bulgaria last night. and Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Bake Off. Oh, well, we can talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but I, I hadn't heard this yesterday until last night. And I was like, ah, this is what I want. This is yeah. this gave me big mood lifter, a big, I love the way it goes from that kind of like a picked thing into this big, course and then it gets even bigger again uh, with that kind of uh, synth notes coming in and i love the the melody as well i just and i what what's interesting to me is that big pig um has gone from this kind of cool lo-fi kind of jazz rap kind of artist into something that is sound, starting to sound something so much bigger and so much more not mainstream necessarily but like um not um uh, as pigeonholed and uh uh, and she says this song is about oh look it's about the energy of a night out i miss going out so much the feeling of letting go and being surrounded by sweaty people meeting strangers and one night romances the tunes and ecstasy feel like pure shit just want her back so that's what this song is about i love this song <laughs> a lot this is my this is my tune of the week if we if we had a tune of the week tune this is my week. tune of the week um yeah i really like this i think it's sort of disco billy eilish in the verses and then the chorus has that kind of breathy 
disco-y Roisin Murphy vibe like breathy house music and I really like it I immediately like when I saw Big Pig I was like oh Pow Pig have a new song (laughs) and then I I clicked it and I was like well this is a deviation and then I was like no they're they're different artists and so I had a bit of a surprise when I clicked into it at first but I was like no um yeah this is great you know it's it's really well produced um I'm trying to find out who the production is by I couldn't find it um but Mm. I hope to establish that at some point she does do a lot of stuff with the uh is it the eight nine collective I always forget how which one it is but um Mm. yeah I really like this a lot um and obviously, you know, she's one of our own. She's born. She was born in Cork, moved to Malaga, now based in London. Um, you know, the dream. She's a, she's a global artist, really now. But uh, yeah, the yeah. Nine Eight Collective is what they're called, London-based collective. Um, so I think they're probably involved in this one. Um, and I love how over the course of this year, you can really hear, um, the uh, transition from a previous style to something uh, different and not losing much in the way maybe there's not a lot of rap on this tune but that's okay Um, Mm. because it's such a banger yeah agreed great song cool all right well that's our songs of the week this week uh okay what what else have you been going on with you what's been consuming you in the last Uh, week since we chatted no i've watched so i've watched so much television and films like I can't even. Great. I'll just sort of list them off. So I watched The Queen's Gambit. Oh, I've um, watched the first two episodes, but that's it. It's fantastic. Is it worth it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Stick with it. It's great. Um, it's so funny because like you're watching it. It's about chess. I don't know anything about chess. Um, but there was moments when I was like watching like big chess matches where someone would move one of the pieces, and I'd be like, there's <gasps> no <laughs> idea what's going on, but just it shot really, really well, and apparently like people who do know about chess have said that it's perfect um and that it actually does kind of represent that that world well and the kind of competitiveness of uh, specifically american chess um so yeah really really good the fashion in it is unbelievable she's got some great coats lovely hair um just it's just really beautiful to look at like there's moments in it where if you pause it it could be like a Norman Rockwell painting just really really stunning kind of um visually as well and a good story as well um so yeah watch that Uh, I started watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel because I wanted more of that kind of fashion and that kind of period of time uh in my life um that's really really good really funny a cool story um, about a woman in the 1950s who becomes a stand-up comedian um, and just that kind of story and that yeah, journey. I've watched this first season of that and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm on to, I think I'm nearing the end of season two now. I really like it. What else? Um, I watched a couple of films. I rewatched Parasite don't need to say anything else about it but it is fantastic on a second viewing if anybody hasn't watched it for a second time it's really really fun because uh, when when you know the twist uh, there's a lot that kind of like leads up to it and hints towards it um I also watched oh I watched a really grim film called The Report starring Adam Driver about the uh investigation into um torture by the CIA in the aftermath of 9-11 and that was grim um uh but then immediately after that I watched um Brittany runs a marathon 
on Amazon and that was good. That was fine. Um, she does something really horrible in it that I think is unforgivable and they kind of ruined the movie for me. But other than that, it was it was good. It was a good central performance and a good kind of idea. Um, that's it really. I think I think that's all I've been watching. But I mean, I've watched like every episode of all of these things and <laughs> just just one of those weeks where I'm just when when I'm not working I'm just like zonked out in front of the TV lovely uh, but it is it is that kind of it's been that kind of week for me it's been very quiet in the world you know mm. um after the the madness of the US election and all it's kind of like you need to mm. um have some um downtime and just like enjoy that just escapism yeah, and speaking of escapism, I've been watching a show that's also on Amazon Prime called The Boys. Um, have you heard anything about it? I've it's, heard really good things about it. Yeah, I seem to get my um, TV uh, cues from The New Yorker. There was two uh, mentions of The Boys in The New Yorker in the last few weeks when I was reading it, and I was like, oh, check that out. Um, it's basically a riff on superhero kind of um, worship and... Uh, troll it's a based on a comic book uh, it's quite good it's very enjoyable a bit silly it's very silly um but it is quite enjoyable uh, i watched the entire first season in the last week and a half i'd say um enjoyed mm. that uh, the mandalorian is back and i'm really just enjoying um watching that every week Um it's very much a small star wars story that has nothing to do with the main canon and uh, it's very well done it's the special effects are great and it. Baby Yoda is cute as fuck. And yeah. uh, it's just... I'm just waiting for I'm someone really to like make some kind of a compilation of all the Baby Yoda minutes because I've no interest in watching The Mandalorian, but I I, I think Baby Yoda's really cute. <laughs> it's it, it literally, I'd say it's worth watching just for every... Like once a minute, there's just a cute like Baby Yoda uh, uh, yeah. shot. But I mean, like, like yeah. Baby Yoda is one of those things where I'm like, I know what you're fucking doing, Star Wars. I know that in the same way that I wanted a BB-8 plushie, and like, <laughs> just it's just like, oh, how how can we sell a toy? How can we sell a thing to people? And I'm like really trying to resist it because Baby Yoda is so like cynical in its cuteness. Do you know, like it's so it's just so straightforwardly cute and I hate that I'm taken in by it and I want to be its mother. In the absence of having uh, access to my pet at the moment because of lockdown. Yeah, um, it's it, it's fulfilling some of that kind of like uh, cute pet uh, vibes. Yeah, so, uh, I have full that. access to my pet, but she's a fucking asshole. So <laughs> I don't I don't get the same <laughs> don't get the same like mothering instinct when you have a cat. Very good. <laughs> um. Okay, well, that's it for me then. <laughs> um, that's it for me. Um, I've just been enjoying uh, playing a lot of vinyl at the moment, but I got the finally got my hands on the Mango and Mathman album. Um, got the Bitch Falcon album on vinyl. Um, I've been listening mm. to Salt second album on vinyl. I've been listening to Steely Dan Pretzel Logic. Um, that's it, really. That's what I've been enjoying in the last week. Um, uh, still playing uh, the uh, the office as well uh, every now and again. Um, I'm still I'm on season three. I'm yes, I'm near the end of season three, mm. and so that's another thing that's just great to have something really short and nice to be able to watch. And of course, there was Bake Off yeah. this week, uh, which is the other uh, big thing. I have a lot Shocker. of feelings about about Absolute Bake Off at the moment. Shocker. As someone who's like literally oh. never watched Bake Off until, uh, you know, a month ago. <laughs> I just no, that's don't... okay. Everyone's welcome. You're, you're, al- you're allowed to feel outraged. 
Okay, good. Because I do. There's no, there's <laughs> do no way the person that went home deserved to go home. But the person that stayed instead of the person that went home, I I really, really like. And it's not their fault that they stayed. It is the fault of the judges. But it was it was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. I can't help but think the only reason they kept uh, that person in is because she is a bit more uh, nervous energy than the person that went out. I think we can just say it mm. um, at this point, if anyone's listening. I think, uh, but I... Th- I think okay. Uh, spoilers for this week's Bake Off. Um, I think her mean, like I, I would have if I was a gambling woman, I would have went to a bookies and put money on her mean winning. Um, and like, can we talk about David, the most, <laughs> the world's most boring man? I swear to God, and his uh, like no, but I am happy that um, what's his name is still in it, the young lad. But here, um, uh, oh, mm, I do not like him. I'm sorry. Name? I don't like Peter. No, he's lovely. <laughs> he, Peter. That, I love that, Peter. That I'd like to be badminton uh, teaching young lad needs a bit of, uh, uh, he's just, he's just too good. He just needs, he, I, I know he's probably going to win it, but I, I just don't mind want, that. I just want him to, um, you know, have a bit of adversity and not be like such a suck up the whole time. I just wanted it. I think he's probably <laughs> going to win. I just wanted him something to happen to him where he actually had a bit of failure and he has not. He's just too perfect. He's just like. He didn't have a good week last week with the jelly. Um, Well, no, his jelly stuff kind of worked out fine, but the he had a bad technical last week and I was like, okay, a bit of humanity from Peter here now. But he like, he's just one of those people who's like, really good at everything and does charity work and teaches kids badminton and you know the world's full of awful people like that um we just have to put up with it i'm afraid but i really like him i think he will probably mean he will probably win it yeah uh probably um the other thing about dave is that uh he uh left his pregnant wife at home to go do this <laughs> like that's a bit fucking i, much, I really i dislike him I, I have no reason to dislike do you know him what the second name is the fact that he's so boring no. Do you know what his second name is? David no. Friday. His second name is Friday. You're joking. No, what's his real name? <sighs> there you are now. But uh, it's like a, fri- a, a Friday where you have to work all weekend. One of those Fridays. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but fri- yeah, a Friday anyway. when you have to stay late in the office. A dreadfully boring man. But I mean, you know, that's <laughs> up to him. He's a robot. He's a robot. He is a robot. He is a robot. Um, yeah. yeah okay um well that is it from us this week um thank you for tuning in to the Nine Nine podcast and here is talking about baking and all sorts of rubbish uh but we'll be here next week i'm sure uh, andrea thanks very much thank you niall thank you thank niall. you listeners thank you andrea thank you listeners thank you everybody who uh has shared or talked about or uh shared the podcast in your stories or on twitter or anything like that in the last while thank you very much uh, we will be back next week andrea thank you again and uh, have a good weekend to you and your thank you. asshole of a cat and uh talk yes. to you next week I will. <laughs> okay bye, bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.